What's up, everybody? You are listening to Suds Buds, the show where good buds talk good suds with the wonderful workers of the beer industry. I'm your host, Eric Anderson, as always, in studio, in the living room, actually, again today. We're switching it up yet again. Feels good. We're, we're not on, uh, we're on mic stands this time. It's a little different, but uh, yeah, audible, audible. Uh, here with Nate Uppadel. Woo! Nate, what's going on, dude? How we doing, buddy? Chilling. Uh, yeah, it's been a, been a good day, a little slow going this morning, but, uh, getting to it. Uh, you and I were talking some more big plans that we got for releases this season, maybe some video content. So, uh, stay tuned. Um, also just today I put together a, um, sounds of suds, buds playlist, Spotify playlist. So shit slaps. Thanks, man. It's, uh, I mean, I can't take credit. There's a lot of wonderful musicians that uh, are, you know, favorites of ours and uh, guests and producer of the show, uh, Salsa Dave, who we'll get back to in a minute here. Um, but yeah, fun little playlist. So check out the Suds Buds Instagram. There's a link there to the, the, uh, the Spotify playlist. Um, got it up on the story. Um, but yeah. Uh, 22 songs for your enjoyment. A lot of really wide range of stuff, <laughs> I would say, for sure. I did like that Hootie and the Blowfish made it on there twice. Twice. That was very exciting for me. I think they're the only band to get two features. <laughs> Well-deserved. I, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, what else? Good housekeeping stuff. Um, well, I suppose we can get to it right away. We got our, our pre-show beer that we're drinking right here. It's uh, Boom Island, the... Uh, Sylvius, Belgian style pale ale. Um, this is a first for me. First for you? Uh, I've had this one once before. Once before. Yep. Okay. Little darker than I was expecting. And I, like you, you read pale ale and you're just kind of expecting, you know, what a standard pale ale. Yeah, kind of looks more like a, a brown ale. Yeah. But Belgian quad maybe. Yeah. yeah. Not bad, but that's uh, that's what we'll be sipping here for uh, the little intro. We'll get back to this one uh, with a review at the end here of the pre-show. But uh, let's see other stuff that we had recently here. Um, producer of the show, Salsa Dave, had a show last night that streamed over Twitch. Uh, live gig, first performance with his old band undergoing a, a a name change new name brand, brand change is important brand change yeah um so now they're known as bread knife um but they popped into twitch yesterday they played about uh yeah played six tracks and they were rocking it man they so, played right here live from the suds bud studio the suds bud in studio orlando florida last night to <laughs> <laughs> florida <laughs> yeah yeah, it was uh, it was popping here in Orlando last night. Um, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So uh, be sure to uh, check out Salsa Dave and uh, his his content. Got some more music coming up soon, and it sounds like we might even be featuring one of their new tunes, not yet released, on our final episode. So All stay right. tuned for that. Final beer of the twelve pack. It's true. Um. Also good housekeeping stuff. Finally got Pat his bottle of hot sauce. That was good. Congratulations, Pat. It was a long time coming. That was on our end. Little fumble. It's like the person who won probably geographically lives the closest to us. And we like, see for sure the most often. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But uh, 
Yeah, you tried it, liked it. More hot sauce is coming soon. Um, so we got. I mean, how how long has this last batch been fermenting now? Oh man, it's like we're way over our. It started in September. Did it really? Yeah, I think so September, October, November, December, January. All right, so we're at five months. Yeah, dude. It's Holy gonna be, shit! It's gonna be rad. And Mike, wasn't our original us? thing was uh, what was our original plan? It was two weeks. Uh, well, two weeks. No, I think this one was going to be a four-month ferment. Four-month ferment. All right. So we're not too far over. No. This is a quick 20%. We'll get to it. There's yeah. been a bottle shortage. It's been tough to get bottles. There's probably that. I didn't know that. I thought we were just forgetting. No, no. It's just me constantly checking places and what being a, sold out, or it's like saying they'll ship in March. So What a weird thing to have a shortage of hot sauce bottles. Yeah, man. Like, what else are people using these things for? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Essential oils, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, yeah that could that's be a big it. thing these days. That's what I've heard. Gotta get some lavender, you know what I'm saying? You ever use thieves oil? Thieves oil? Yeah, real nice. I don't know what that is. I put, don't... put a little under your nose, around your chest, and it just kind of opens everything up. It's... Eric. I'm not saying, like, your mind. It's not DMT. Okay, more, well, okay. More I wasn't sure if... your pores. I wasn't sure if you were, like... Trying to make some sort of drug reference? No. Okay. No, not really. <laughs> um, yeah, what else? Anything new with you, man? Um, not really. Just uh, just working a lot. Still just you know hammering away at the brewery. Uh, got a little promotion, so that was kind of fun. Um, yeah, now we're finally kicking into gear. Everything's back open. I mean, mostly. Yep, 50%. Um, we got our pull tabs back, so that's very exciting for some people on the staff. <laughs> well, you can't say that. Huh? You can't say that. Staff doesn't play pull tabs. That's right. Oh, staff doesn't play pull tabs. Yeah. No. <laughs> Suds Buds is uh, is an adult podcast. Beer is a 21-plus beverage. Please remember to drink responsibly. And uh, pull tabs are an 18-plus event or a plus game. <laughs> um, please remember to gamble responsibly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, other than that, I uh, did finish up a couple commissions. Uh, actually, just one commission in the last week, so that was good. Oh, look at you. Nice, nice getting that done, fired off. Nice. Um, yeah, so it's been a pretty solid week. I'm having fun. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Drank a bunch of whiskey. Made, uh, got back into old fashions. Okay. Uh, got some of those Luxardo cherries. You ever? Yeah. 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 I'm glad that we've like topped out the cherry game, you know, like we, we don't, you're not like looking around for a better cherry. Like if you want the best cherry, you, we have them. It's there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Nobody's trying to reinvent the maraschino cherry. Nope. It's just not a lot of demand for that. Nope. I don't know. Maybe there is. I've been, uh, found or been following that brother justice distillery. Okay. In town. Kind of want to try out their stuff. Uh, I don't know if their cocktail rooms open yet, but yeah, there's so many cool places in town that I want to try, but just, you know, not quite ready to go out there. And yeah, I spend enough time behind the bar the way it is. It's uh <laughs> feel good being able to support businesses with to go orders. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, speaking of to go beers, uh, we got this Boom Island to go available in cans near you. Um, name of this one again is the Silvius. It's a Belgian style pale ale and it's not too bad. It's not blowing my mind, but mm-hmm. uh the uh the gentleman at the liquor store recommended it to us. Uh 
seemed pretty trustworthy. <laughs> I think I don't know if he I wonder if he um like curates their selection. He seemed to know a lot about everything they had right there. Yeah, I think he does. I think he's definitely the 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 buyer there, one of them. Michael, I believe was his name, but uh yeah, shout out, said he'd give the show a listen. So uh if you're listening, Michael, cheers and uh thanks for the recommendation. Um but yeah, as far as this beer goes, it's a little heavier than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like the big reason I'm knocking it. It's just uh, it's kind of sweet for a pale ale, and it's it's definitely heavy for one. I think I would probably give it about like a maybe a three point one out of five. All right. Um, about halfway through, I realized it was better if I wasn't expecting it to be a pale ale. Like <laughs> if I if I just don't. If I pretend I don't know the style, I actually like it a lot more. Uh, I definitely like it more than the last time I had it. Um, maybe the last time it was just warmer. I don't know. But, yeah, definitely heavy. There's a lot more malt going on in that, um, especially for a pale ale. So I'd probably give this like a 3-3, three, 3-4. Three, three, nice. Sitting three, in that ballpark. You know. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't uh, turn my nose up at it. Would you buy it again? I think I'd buy it again. Um but yeah, not something I'm like hunting down. But if if they've got it, if I can't find anything else, well, you can snag one to go if you want. We got a oh, thanks, pal. Fridge is getting full. Oh so my! You can snag uh, some of those St. Pauli girl NAs. They've been uh, <laughs> they've been in there for quite Actually, a while. Actually, we're we're gonna be sending that home with our guest here. Oh yeah, yeah. I suppose uh, maybe we should get to that. I guess. <laughs> uh, yes, we got a, a guest this evening. Uh, friend of ours co-worker of ours dude i've known now for a few years but uh he uh yeah he works at bald man brewing uh spent some time working at uh allagash brewing company and uh, a few other places that he will tell us about so without further ado welcome to the show uh former quarterback for the philadelphia eagles number seven uh andal cunningham mr andy swanson <laughs> thanks for having me yeah dude hell yeah welcome uh welcome to our living room <laughs> appreciate it i've, I've been here a couple times before um never with a mic in front of my face yeah but well, this is going to be a new standard thing I yeah it's just yep. <laughs> record everything <laughs> make sam li- salsa dave listen to everything that happens here oh yeah. man <laughs> let's, let's not <laughs> but, yeah uh, yeah how, how, how you been man I've been good, man. Uh, I've been working with you guys quite a bit um, down at the old bald man. But Didn't we close like four nights in a row together? Yeah, there's three or four nights in a row. And yep. just, it was a lot was of Nate and Andy time. <laughs> crushing <it. laughs> just, We were the rough boys running the streets for that. That was a lot. Andy was just more excited every shift. Um, just, <laughs> my last one just couldn't contain him. Yeah, I feel like the amount of days in a row I work, I get more and more oh. jaded <laughs> i get that i do <laughs> to you know be introspective on myself <laughs> but yeah i don't know uh other than just working i guess i've been getting outside as much as i can been trying to hit winter in the face and just do things outside you know mm-hmm. um especially with this pandemic going on so i don't know staying busy walking the dog all that kind of good stuff oh, should have marley on the show <laughs> gnarly gnarly yeah gnarly I, I thought Marley and me, come on, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, so you talked about staying active in the winter. Like, what sort of hobbies have you been getting into? Any new hobbies? Rediscovering any old hobbies? Yeah. Um, 
I've been mostly just snowboarding and playing disc golf in the winter, which sounds a little bit crazy. I think I've been rediscovering disc golf in the last year or so. Um, I've never would have played in the winter before, but now it's like one of the nicest things I've been doing lately. Um, it's really nice to like walk in the woods. Um, there's no one out there right now, so it's like you're going to have the whole woods to yourself. And yeah, I don't know. Good way to embrace winter. Yeah. How long does like a disc does like it take longer in the winter? Oh yeah, um, yeah. definitely takes like a lot longer um, to find discs. <laughs> There's like a technique when that when it snows though to like tape like literally ribbon from like a Christmas present like thin ribbon to the bottom of your disc. Yeah. So it's like two feet of that, and when it sticks in the snow, you can kind of see the ribbon. Oh, I suppose with that like fresh snow, if if that went in, yeah, it would just they'd be gone. Yeah. That actually happened to my phone yesterday. That <laughs> Did was, it? It was super fun. I should have taped the ribbon to it. <laughs> well, I'm going to do that now. <laughs> Did you find it? My phone? Yeah. Yeah, this oh, one. Oh, okay, one right nice. here. Yes. Uh, Google has a, or Android has a Find My Phone app or website. And my, I had had my phone on silent because um, one of the Discord chats I'm a part of was just all day, just shit posting. So I was like, put it on silent. Dropped it in the snow. Couldn't try calling it. Couldn't get it. Um, but that website, even if your phone's on silent, you can force it to ring. So that was kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. So then I just looked like a crazy person digging through this snow pile in front of my house. <laughs> like, it's just, it felt weird. I've been there. But I found my phone like four days later embodied in the snow. Like, got <laughs> ran over. It's got a white iPhone. I went out after losing my phone for three days. Mm-hmm. And I just look down and see the little silver Apple symbol like reflecting in the sun at me. I'm like, oh, that's my phone. <laughs> Did it work? It worked. it worked. Really? It was an iPhone 4 that was like cracked to shit. But after a few days in the rice, uh, bag of rice, it, it charged. It worked. Wow. Yeah. I mean, congratulations, iPhone. <laughs> I guess <Just> so. <laughs> Although, well, iPhone 4, that was a pretty meaty one, wasn't it? That one was like smaller, and I feel like it was dainty. It was like small oh. and very breakable. There's like complete glass around it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they do that. Like even the back is glass. Like yeah, I get it. It looks it's sleek, but it's so you break in and buy another one. That makes I sense. I think the iPhone 4s though is by far my favorite phone. Yeah, like, just reminds me of like a simpler time. Like it was just yeah. small, fit easily in the palm totally. of your hand. Like you get a cheap universal like plastic case from any department yeah. store that was fine and it was like but you're right like i feel like everyone that had one had one for like years but like they all had a shattered screen oh yeah um, and like the battery like life would get just horrible after like six months of using it like, yeah batteries and shit. those uh, old chargers too that were like an inch wide mm-hmm. oh that so those it was still using that at the time yep, yep. <laughs> whereas like basically the like length of your phone yeah. yeah, yeah. Goofy, goofy. Simpler time. Mm. Simpler time. Back when 3G was running the world. <laughs> I miss those days. You know, the glory days. The glory days. Call it. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Andy, we can't talk to you without drinking a beer. It's kind of okay. what we do on this show. So uh, you blessed us with a nice selection of beers that we're gonna dive into. Um, we got some cream ales from Jack Pine. You had a regular and a jalapeno. Any preference on what you wanted to do? Yeah, it's either regular. Regular? Cool. Yeah. Oh. Um, give him his own if he wants. Nate, you want to split one here? Yeah, why not? Cool. Cool. Yeah, uh, I got this. Uh, it's from Jack Pine. I believe Nate was telling me before the show you guys had this on before, both the jalapeno and the regular one. 
I don't. I don't know that. I don't we've think had... we've ever had the regular. I think this is a new one to this new show. One? We've cool. had the. We have had the owner, um, Patrick on Patrick Sunberg. Okay, nice guy. But cool. uh, yeah, I'm excited to try this because really, I. I haven't had a lot of like just straight up cream ales. Yeah, yeah. Well, the most famous one around, of course, is Spotted Cow, right? It's like everything you're like gonna compare a cream ale to is gonna be Spotted Cow because that's like Spot- Spotted Cow is a saison, isn't it? No. Oh, is it? Ale. Is it a cream ale? I'm not sure. I always think of Castle Danger when I think I go cream ale. Mm-hmm. Let me double check. Please, please fact, fact check. Please fact check yourself because I, I believe that Spotted Cow has a good cream ale. There, I, mean, I haven't had a lot of. Or wait, no, Spotted Cow is a style of. A beer from New Glarus. New Glarus. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was thinking Castle Danger. I didn't think Spotted Cow was a cream ale. I don't know why I went, oh, I know why I went Saison because uh, Farm Girl, you know, I, for some reason, I always think of like Farm Girl and Spotted Cow in that like same category. I think Farm Girl's a farmhouse sale, Saison. Yeah. 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 So I didn't. Well, excuse me. So actually, it's called a. They call it a farmhouse ale. Naturally cloudy farmhouse ale is what uh, New Glarus refers to it as. Interesting. But I've heard it called a cream ale. Suds Buds one and uh, Suds Bud guest zero. zero. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Jeez. Yeah. So we're anyway. We're now implementing a score on our guests. Well, That's kind of what Nate does here. We invite people onto the show, and then <laughs> Nate inevitably uh, becomes enemies with them by the end of like ninety minutes. Well. Yeah. What I signed up for. <laughs> um, well, I was wrong, but I really enjoy cream ales nonetheless. And, yeah. Uh, I've been going to Ambibulous. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, Ambibulous, I believe. Yep. yep. Yeah. That is a. You guys have talked about them before. Oh, I love them. Yeah, it's basically a beer store that's actually the closest beer store to my house, geographically, but um, they carry only Minnesota-made products. So it's a really good spot to get some local beers, and they also sell singles, which is the best thing. So you can go in there and get a four-pack of four different beers. So I've kind of been dabbling there every once in a while when I want to drink some beers. Yeah. Um, but I picked this one up the other day, and I really liked it. Um, I feel like I have a good ability to describe beer in, like, kind of stupid layman terms. <laughs> or, like, I don't know. But basically, this beer tastes like corn pops to me in a weird way. It tastes like, corn pops. like, hmm. sh- like um, kind of slightly s- sugar-coated corn. Um, I don't know. It's just a very good cream ale. Good base, good drinkable, light in alcohol. So, I don't know. I wanted yeah. you guys to try this one. I was going to so. say, yeah, Jack Pine, I mean, cause, yeah, it's weird because we've had two different variants on this one. Yeah. But we never got around to trying just the straight cream ale. Yeah. They have a blood uh, orange one as well. Yeah, and that's the other one we had. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't mean this is, like, a diss at all, but, like, their their packaging is just, like, it's pretty uniform. Like, for <laughs> most of their beers, like, it it's it's very simple but like it, it's nice it's got like a wood grain styling to it but it's not like uh it's nothing crazy like you're not gonna see jack pine doing like uh mario brothers spoof or like a bunch of neon colors or reflective cans it's just kind of like they've got their thing they put it on all their stuff but don't be thrown off by just like a simple label because they yeah. we've we've tried a bunch of they might be one of the breweries that we've we've reviewed the most on this show. I, yeah, didn't we had their coffee, uh, their coffee brown on here too? We've had their coffee brown. We've had their jalapeno had cream. Good. We had the barrel aged barley wine. Yep, <laughs> they had um, that last week. We had a that blueberry pastry sour. That was our our beanbag beer this past uh, summer. Um, oh shit, we've been. <laughs> yeah, man. We've Damn, been, Jack Pine. They're they've been doing a good job, man. And it's like it's not just us like picking them. It's 
it's kind of cool. Like we we uh, we've had a lot of guests that really like Jack Pine, and I can definitely mm-hmm. see why. Um, this cream ale, I think, is a, a a great base for like adding that spice to. Much like the Ring of Fire is a bald man, like it's just that nice light beer, nothing crazy going on. Like you said, I, I get the corn pop thing because it's just kind of light, bready, maybe a little sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I. I'm into it, man. I could crush these. Yeah. Quite. I feel like, like, for me, I when I got into beer, I wanted to try every single style, every single beer they made, like, everything like that. Now I'm kind of, like, brought my palate back and just, like, wanted to, like, hit the basics and hit things that are, like, easy drinking and not too heavy in alcohol so I can have more of them. <laughs> you know? Um, I yes. Don't know. That, uh, that I've found over these last 10 episodes. So, yeah, episode 10 tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I believe yeah. that's right. Yep. Yeah, over these last ten episodes, that my palate is very much a how many can I drink several of these in a go? Yeah, you know. Every once in a while, though, there's something to be said for that heavy hitting sipper. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do love barley wine, and I'm not gonna drink a couple bottles of barley wine in a night. Yeah. I mean, I could, but I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah, not nothing good's gonna come of that. Yeah. yeah. So this is a little bit of quantity and quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See what I'm doing there? And then, I don't know. I just I'm digging it. <laughs> Digging it lately, and I wanted you guys to have some of this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, Andy. What was your introduction to working with beer, and then where has that kind of taken you? Yeah, totally. Um, so I actually started working with beer um, at Baldman. I actually got freshly done with my grad program. Um, I went into teaching for a little bit, and it just didn't work out. And I took a job at Baldman for the meanwhile. Um, and got really into working there, being behind the bar, um, seeing that smaller brewery vibe, you know, you know, everyone that works there, it's mm-hmm. really, really cool to have that kind of experience, just a smaller, um, company. Um, so yeah, I worked there for about, I think it was six or seven months. Um, and then me and my partner, Andrea decided to make the move out to Portland, Maine. So, um, basically I went out there to go look for like jobs in my career. I got a degree in environmental science. Um, I wanted to do some kind of environmental science work, but basically went out there with Andrea, visited the school that she was going to go to, um, and we stopped in at Allagash because everyone told us to go to Allagash. And I, we got a few beers, and I basically asked, are you guys hiring? And the lady, Meg Sweet, shout out to Meg if she ever hears this, um, sat down with me and gave me a bunch of free beer. And it was actually my birthday. Whoa. Um, gave me her card, and I had got a job there two months later. <laughs> As that's a, awesome. Yeah, as a seasonal, um, they call it guest relations there, which is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> as like the, the the bartenders are guest relations. Yeah, because not only do you pour beer, but you give tours and you do a bunch of other stuff. Sure. In in regards to helping or helping people get through the Allagash experience or whatever. Okay. Yeah. That's so, cool. um, I did that for about four to five months. Um, I got hired on as a seasonal guest relations, like I just said, and um, it came to the end of the season and i actually applied for some other jobs that were back of house um interviewed for i think two different things a production job and um a job actually working like uh facilities management there like basically taking care of the it's a huge place like there's like four or five buildings full of stuff and there's like a bunch of stuff so it's facilities management um also be taking care of like the orchard there um they have the tree they actually a lot of the beers that they make there they actually are starting to grow their own fruit on property um, which is pretty damn, pretty crazy. Awesome. Um, but I never got a job. I didn't get a job either of those jobs, unfortunately. Yep. So I moved on. Um, and then eventually I took another job in Maine, 
I was working at a community food kitchen. So basically, like, food trucks would use this kitchen, rent it out, like, office space, or small food companies would rent it out, and I'd manage that for a little bit. Um, pandemic hit, moved back to Minnesota, and now I'm back at Bald Man. <laughs> so I've only had – actually, I missed one experience there. I actually worked um, for Bauhaus for about three four months, um, helping them package. Uh, it was about two, time, two three times a week. It just helped helping them package um, cans. So a few different experiences, That's awesome, um, man. some breweries of different sizes and some, some different types of, um, uh, I guess, positions. Yeah. Yeah. Just a really nice, healthy variety. Yeah. It's a really good thing. Like we've all, I think we kind of talk about behind the bar sometimes, like how it's really easy to pinpoint sometimes clientele or customers who probably haven't ever worked a service industry oh, job yeah. in their life you know it's <laughs> yeah, very yeah. easy to see <laughs> yes and i think it's one thing to work a service industry job some people look down upon it but i mean it's another thing to like you know hold down those positions you know you know when you do leave leave in an honorable way mm-hmm. and leave that door open because you never know what's going to happen and like it sounds like you know you know you if something, you know, lands in front of you, you know, you seem like an opportunist yeah. that's going to jump on it. But like at the end of the day, you've, you know, you've, you've tried many different uh, facets of this very weird industry. Yeah. You've, yeah. You've managed to uh, succeed and grow and, and learn something from each of them. It sounds like. Totally. And I think, I think it's like not only just, it's fun to work at beer because beer is cool, <laughs> but I think it's like the general type of people that works at breweries have, I've got along with better than other careers i've worked <laughs> to be honest yeah um, yeah i feel that yeah i've had some like office jobs where i have to like sit with six older ladies at lunch and talk about the bachelor episode from the <laughs> night before and just like not dig it oh uh, <laughs> i feel but, that i feel that cuts me deep to my core yeah yeah so i think that's a part of the brewery industry i really like is i generally just get along with the people that are behind the scenes and behind the bar <laughs> yeah um i i been through like a variety of stuff and i'll say like kind of one part is that back to the like people kind of looking down on the service industry like i mean i've been i've worked hr jobs i've worked assembly line jobs i've worked office jobs and this job while it is the most fun definitely can take the biggest toll oh yeah like i mean you're constant you're dealing with people on their time off yeah like they're they're taking their time off, their hard-earned time off, and they want to come spend it with you. And so you kind of got to live up to that. Yeah, you know? totally. And when your friends, you know, who are maybe doing something on the weekends, you know, want yeah. you to take along, it's like yep. those are the days when, as a bartender, a brewery manager, like, you need those days the most. Like, yep. the, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's what pays your bills. Yep. Um, so I was going to say, like, whenever somebody's like, Oh, you want to do something this weekend? I'm like, no, I got to work. And they're like, don't you, you work every weekend? I'm like, you want to hit me up and hang out on a Tuesday? You're like, Let's do it. You're like, yeah. you work every weekday? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's I think it's easy for people when they're working a nine to five Monday through Friday to forget that people work outside of those hours. Yeah. True. But we're, we're happy to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're happy to yeah. do it. Yeah. It's just, I think we all confide in each other with the struggles of a job, you know? <laughs> it's true. And... Not to make this episode about that, but I think it's a very true thing to talk to your coworkers about how <laughs> sometimes it ain't the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally, totally. But it's all a perspective and a perspective shift that you can change in yourself to, you know, 
make it okay <laughs> for whatever it's worth. <laughs> look, at, look at this guy <laughs> dropping, uh, dropping <laughs> truth bombs on it us. It is true. And it, That's you know, my fourth day in a row, though, how I feel about it, though. You know, like... <laughs> It's really? definitely like a fill up thing where like I, first day I'm having fun, you know, and then four days in a row I'm just, you know, thinking a little different about it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And no, I think that's a that's a realistic and uh, I think that is a it's a positive way to look at it. Just like anything else, it's draining, you know. Yeah. Just like teaching, you know, teachers yep. need oh, their yeah. weekends too, you know. Yeah. Manual laborers, you know, tradespeople. Everybody needs their day off, you know, <laughs> getting, you know. Honestly, I don't mind having like Tuesdays or Wednesdays off. Me you know, either. I got know what Mondays, I, Tuesdays off. Yeah. You know what I don't have to worry in line for? Ever? Groceries. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, I walk across the street. Traffic. The Aldi. Non-existent. Yep, traffic. I love it. Disc golf course is empty. Yeah. <laughs> Easy deal. It's awesome, man. Well, we're happy that you uh, joined us tonight. It's, yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. Definitely definitely cool uh, hearing just about some of those... Uh, places you worked at like I, I knew you went to allagash when you left bald man but like had no idea what you actually did there so yeah that's so, super interesting yeah i feel like that job was really all encompassing of a lot of like schmoozing different people at different levels of you know i guess i should probably give it like a little backstory in allagash so allagash is like i guess i didn't even mention it's in portland maine yeah. um on the coast um so it's a brewery that started in the early 90s by this guy named rob todd Rob Todd was this like general cool surfer dude out in um, out in Maine, trying to figure out what he wanted to do. So basically, he got, fell in love with this style of beer. I uh, can't remember the brewery name, but it's a wit beer, wit beer, mm. Mm. Celis, I believe it's called in Texas. Fell in love with this style of beer and decided to make it his own. So he basically got this old like dairy tank system that he like welded together. He got a dairy tank from literally Ben and Jerry's out there in Vermont. Damn. And made made this little system and started brewing Allagash White out of this like little industrial park in the outskirts of Portland, Maine. Um, and <laughs> he went into like this bunch of brew or a bunch of bars around town and tried to get him to pour this Allagash White. And someone would say yes and put him on tap because they felt bad for the guy, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, some some breweries went put him on. The famous one that put the, put him on first was called the uh, Great Lost Bear. Great spot in Portland, Maine. If you want a burger and a choice of a hundred different beers. Yeah. Um, but he went there and they put him on and it was cool. Everything was great. Two weeks later, this place called him and said, dude, anyone that's buying your beer is either turning it right back or pointing down the drain. Cause it's like this cloudy beer. The only thing that was pouring back then in the nineties was like Budweiser or Bud Light. Like, right. So people would see this cloudy white beer and say, no, I don't want that. They're so, pouring a Euro style on like American draft. You yeah. Know? And people yeah. are just confused. In the nineties, no one knows what the fuck. That is. They think, like, the cake's dirty or the tap lines are dirty or, like, it's bad. It's gotten spoiled or something. So, basically, his solution was he'd go down to the Great Lost Bear, buy, like, pitchers of his own beer back from the bar, give the bar business, and just pour beer to people and say, hey, I'm Rob Todd. I'm making this beer. Here's a free beer. Explain the style. Explain the notes that you might be tasting in there and why it looks like that. And, yeah, started selling his beer. (laughs) A little education behind it. Yeah. So, he's a really cool, personable guy. Like, honestly, I'd see him around the brewery. There's probably like 200, 300 employees, maybe probably 200 employees at Allagash. He knows everyone's name. Damn. And say, what's up? I'd actually see him like more at the beach surfing, like running into him surfing. (laughs) When I was going out surfing, then I'd see him at the brewery. But he's a really cool guy. Basically, Allagash White, he kind of just took off. um, I think it was around 2003 when that craft beer boom really happened. Yeah. 
so basically Allagash White is just like their breadwinner. They make a bunch of cool other gold burgers, but Allagash White is like eighty to ninety percent of the their profit. That beer's damn. That beer fucking slaps. Yeah, that beer that is, is amazing. Uh, so Allagash White is Belgian wit beer. The most famous one is Blue Moon, but it's like a thousand <laughs> times better than Blue Moon. It's like I was a, gonna make a Blue Moon joke later, but yeah, I'm yeah. I heard them all. Thanks. I'm sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's a really, really cool brewery. Uh, it's the, I looked it up before I came 30th largest craft brewery in the, in the U S um, same size as Surly. If you guys are listening locally, yeah, big brewery out there. Um, the thing that just like really stands out to me, like, I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Um, but the, them being started in the nineties, like we look back at this craft beer boom that, you know, we're still kind of riding out right now. And it's like, there's a lot of like really old breweries that like kind of hang their hat on being pre-prohibition or from like that wartime. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, like the boom from like the 2000s, you know, yeah. the aughts. And it's like, you don't hear a lot of breweries that started up, craft breweries that started up in the 90s and have survived, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, that, that to me is kind of crazy. And I think that just speaks for what kind of a person he is. Definitely yeah. sounds like... Uh, against the grain kind of dude against the grain the kind of dude and just a personal guy like yeah. and is the difference between being like a personal guy to the core and a personal guy that's like doing it for his business and i think he was to the core <laughs> that's rad you that's know? super cool um he definitely like i think he was in the red for like eight nine years in a row you know like when he started sure Damn. you know so that says something about like <laughs> how much he's how, like this is this is this gonna work. To work yeah, yeah exactly. you know? this is gonna work yeah yeah but basically that beer took off and you can't <laughs> you can't find that you can't it's like easier to find that beer than a budweiser anywhere in up and down the east coast oh my god when i was even when i was in chicago yeah it's in chicago yeah as well. i remember when the first like first bar i went and i knew about it but first bar i went they had it on tap and like we were at the small arcade bar i was like holy shit they must just like get some specialty beers and so i drank it and then the next bar they had it on tap too i was like what the hell I think I drank probably like three pitchers of Allagash White while I was in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, nice. Chicago's a really big market for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that slapped. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what is it. It's like kind of like drink. It's like strangely heavy because it's like so cloudy. So it's kind of like drinking a loaf of bread, but it's just so easy going. Yes. It's like more citrus. Um, yeah. You know, give me an orange. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've never had one, but I gotta check it out. Yeah. You never had an Allagash White? No. Oh, Can you get it in Minnesota? No. 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 They only sell them up and down the East Coast, Chicago, and then they got a couple markets in California. Okay. Yeah. They like were widespread, and then they kind of cut it back to the markets that we're selling. Yeah. Not one that I've uh, ever tried. All yeah. Right. I, th- I think I'm gonna go out there and try to load up on a couple cases <laughs> nice. this summer. So get, get I'll bring the fix. Back. Yeah. But very know. cool. Well, what do you say we get to uh, the review on this one that we had here? The this uh, cream ale from Jack Pine. What was the the name on that one again? Dead Branch. Dead Branch cream ale. Where's ba- Baxter at? Yeah, Baxter, Minnesota. Where's Baxter? Uh, way up north. Way up north, like up Brainerd north. north. I think towards Brainerd. Yeah, near okay. Brainerd. Yeah, the uh, I don't know. Back to their back to their labels, like. While they may all be roughly the same, um, it stands. It really stands out in the lineup. Like, yeah. like looking at a fridge, I'm like, oh yeah, there's Jack Pine. Wood grain can, it's light yellow. There's um, something about saying having like one look for a, 
uh, entire brewery. Yeah. You know? Like, you see that can, you know it's in that brewery. You don't have to read the label or whatever. Yeah. It's identifiable for sure. I will be coming to that brewery. I will go there one day. This must be pretty close to the next beer I have on. Oh. Well, all right. Well, what do we say we review this one and get on to that next one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Andy, you want to start us off with a review on this yeah, one? Yeah, I gave a little of my thoughts earlier. I'm obviously into this beer. <laughs> Brought it if I wasn't into it. Um, yeah, it's nice, easy drinking. Again, like sweet corn, kind of ready, <laughs> but still light, you know? I think um, that's a good description. Yeah, it tastes like a sweet corn on the cob or corn pops. I don't know why I get corn pops from it, but I do. All right. Yeah. Good. Uh, so out of five, and decimals are allowed. <sighs> infinite amount of decimals. <laughs> yes, infinite. We'd prefer one, but infinite. I guess we've never had a rule, so it's true. Yeah, I'll do four point six out of five. Four it's up 6? there. Oh, that's, wow, that's solid. That's a strong score. Yeah, it's it's really good. I bought it several times from this, <laughs> this liquor store. It's a it's a light chugger for sure. It's um. But like, there's some substance to it too. You know, it's not just like some yeah. cheap swill. It's like some beer that you could, you know, you could crush a four pack, but it, it tastes like something. Yeah, uh, like corn pops specifically. <laughs> Do you um, get that, or you just? I'm, I'm honestly god I, gonna go pull <laughs> or buy a box of corn pops. I, I get like on my way home. I don't taste corn pops specifically, but once I have that seed planted yeah. in my head, I'm like, yeah, because it's like it is super bready. And it is like a little bit sweet, and yeah. it's like that's basically probably how I would describe corn pops yeah, too. It's so like it's uh, air filled yeah. sweetness. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's a money description. I I'm gonna give it like a four one. Okay. Also, probably one of my higher ranked light beers that we've had this season. Yeah. Um, no, I mean I, on on par with like the jalapeno that I had. Um, the orange one was pretty good. Um, I'd probably go like four four on this four three. We'll go four three on this one. Four three, all right. Yep. Um yeah, I definitely would buy again. Hell yeah. We'll we'll add that to the spreadsheet. Uh we should probably give people an update next week on what our, our front runners are on, our, there. on our big standings. I got a little work there to do. I'm a little a few weeks behind on, <laughs> on updating that guy. But uh yeah, maybe next week before the season finale we'll give uh an update on what some of our front runners are yeah or keep it a complete surprise who knows that's gonna be, that could be fun yeah it's like a a best of i think that's what we did last year we kept Ooh, it a surprise just had a fun idea for the final episode but we'll, we'll talk about that you know off air all right yeah. all right well we're gonna take a quick little break and we will come back with our next beer review with our special guest andy swanson We now return to your scheduled program. <laughs> uh, so we're back with uh, Andy Swanson, Andal Cunningham, number seven, former quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings and Philadelphia Eagles, uh, semi-professional disc golf player, uh, wicked slap shot. Uh, what else am I missing? Owner of a uh, 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 cute dog and some cute cats. That's true. Uh, big cat guy. Yeah, we got some... Beautiful critters. I don't think I knew that you had cats. That's very exciting. Yes, two of them. But yeah, welcome back, man. Uh, we're we're here. We're uh, segment two of this episode. We've got uh, 
just cracked open our second beer that Andy brought. Um, and it comes to us from, uh, I think you got the bottle. It's uh, Starry Eyed. Yeah. Starry Eyed Brewing Company. Um, this beer, I believe, is just called Amber. Cool. Amber style ale. Um, Starry Eye is a, actually, an American Amber Ale is what it says right here. Um, Starry Eye is a brewery I'm pretty fairly new to um, from Little Falls, Minnesota. Cool. And I've been really digging their stuff. Um, I was first introduced to them through not this beer, but another beer. It was a double cream ale they make. Super delicious. Nice. But this Amber, um, again, a beer I picked up from Ambibulous. Mm. Yeah. On one of those, mystery, well, not mystery four packs, but my own four pack um i love building those four packs yeah it's so satisfying yeah it's just like it does feel weird though like taking like if it's a full six pack and you only want like one or two of them like taking it apart yeah but that, like they encourage I mean, it they That's encourage it i know it just it, it does feel weird the yeah. first time it feels like yeah you feel like it feels like you're opening a toy in like the in the store toy. yeah you know, yeah you know, that's just, what i love about it though like once the few times i went there um i felt comfortable with it you know Last two times I've been there, there's been two different dogs in there. They're huskies. They are beautiful. Yeah, Luna. Luna's yeah. the husky that hangs out there that I uh, have met a few times. But two different dogs have came in while I've been there with Luna, and they're just very chill. Nice. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've been really digging this beer. Uh, it's a little darker than that cream ale we had. It's good good to have this one second. Um, but it's a great amber ale. I kind of get, like, notes of, like, almost cherry and plum in it. Um what uh, what cereal would you say it tastes most Ooh, like? Yeah, I'm good at mixing these with cereals. <laughs> um, big cereal. I'll get back to that. I need to. All right. Sit on it a little bit longer. Well, on the topic of cereals, is oatmeal a soup? <laughs> no. Okay. Agreed. I mean, it's got a similar consistency to soup. You can make Depending that argument. On the soup. Sure. That's true, but soup comes in a lot of different consistencies. You're right. Heck, that's why. <laughs> You ever had Nate a two, <laughs> yeah, Nate two, Andy zero. I was agreeing with you. How do you get a point there? Because <laughs> I was right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> You're a liar and a cheat. Okay. We've established that on the show. There is a whole lot of animosity coming from that side of the room. <laughs> honesty, just honesty. Ah, that's what they call it. I won't. I won't be too mean to you in front of our guest today. Our guest <laughs> is a, a pacifist like myself. <laughs> Uh, um, you really seemed like a pacifist when we were playing Madden there. <laughs> we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I can't talk about the Madden game that we played earlier. Uh, <laughs> last time I'll f- mention football in this episode, uh, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Any predictions? Mm. Speaking of the Super Bowl, this is what this beer reminds me of, like getting like a nice amber ale. At, at like a ball a f- game? At a ball game. You know? Okay. And they may not like a craft beer amber ale, but like... What are they like? What kind of amber ales were like cheap? Like Molson kind of Molson's the amber. Yeah, I could see you be like drinking a, a Boston Lager, like a Sam Adams yeah. in a Vikings game, for something sure. like like that. I don't know why that reminds me of this. One of my favorites. I mean, it's Shells. Um, Shells Firebrick. Yeah, yeah, that's, that a, one, that's a good beer. Getting a big like twenty ounce frosted mug of that. Oh yeah, I love that beer. Yeah, it's one of those beers that's dark, but it's still light in body, and it's just you want to drink it real cold, like mm-hmm. you said, frosted mug. Mm-hmm. It's like it's light, but it's got some depth to it. You taste a few different things in there if you if you try hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Super Bowl picks, Nate. Super Bowl. Um, so I actually have a a standing Super Bowl bet. I don't know if I've ever told you about this. No, no. Um, so a buddy of mine, super into football. Um, he plays in like four. Four different fantasy leagues every year. Normally wins at least half of them. 
Okay. So very invested. Yeah. Um, and I have a standing Super Bowl bet with him. It's just $5 every year. Uh, he gets to pick his team. I pick the opposite team. And then he has the ability to switch teams with me up until the end of the halftime show. <laughs> I have won seven years in a row. Wow. Wow. We've been doing this for seven years, and I've won seven years in a row. That's pretty impressive. Does he switch on most of these? Uh, he's almost never switched. Okay. Yeah. That would make it really imp- not to like knock. That, that's yeah. still very impressive. But it would have been crazy if he would like get sketched and like switch before the half on all of them. No, I think um, there's a. I have some different theories as to why he doesn't normally switch. Sure. Um, but yeah, seven years straight. So I'm hoping, uh, hoping for year eight here. What's uh, this friend's name? Uh, his name's Ryan. Well, Ryan should maybe switch this year. Maybe throw something, you know, a little change in plans. A little, little, little curveball because whatever he's been doing isn't working. I think here's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Yeah. Um, Ryan has almost always bet against the Patriots yeah. um, in any Super Bowl, which, as we've noticed, doesn't really work out that well. Usually um, doesn't, no. Yeah. Um, and with Tom Brady now on the Bucks. I'm going to guess that Ryan still has enough animosity towards Tom Brady to pick the Chiefs. So I think I'm going to be stuck with the Bucks this year, but we'll see. It's up to him. That's the okay. thing is I'm I'm literally just putting five dollars in, and he gets to decide whether I win or lose. Yeah, well, I mean, you say stuck with the Bucks, but uh, I don't think they're a bad pick. Again, I think it's still hard to bet against Tom Brady. I I think it's the first time that I can remember that I'll be rooting for Tom Brady because I'm pulling for the Bucks this year. Mm. I think I think there's a good chance the Chiefs pull it out, but I'd like the Buccaneers to win. Okay. okay. So here's my take on this whole thing. Kansas City Chiefs, that's kind of a racist name. I like to like think about football teams, like their actual mascots fighting each other. Yeah. So ex- <laughs> ex- like I talk about this a lot at Bald Man when a sports game is yes. on, right? Yep. So like a Raven fighting a Viking or something like that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to substitute Chief with Master Chief from Halo. Okay. <laughs> Who would win, a Buccaneer Pirate or Master Chief? Ooh. I feel like it's got to be Master Chief. Master Chief has no weapons. It's slappers only. A slappers only. only. Shit. He's got are, the advantage of the armor. Are sure. they on land or on a ship, though? That's, That's a, a huge I'm pretty <laughs> sure caveat. They, I'm pretty sure they play football on land. Okay. If I had... Okay. I mean, we're not talking about football. We're talking about mascots fighting. Oh, okay, but we're talking about football mascots fighting. I'm sorry to side rail this, but we're talking about <laughs> mascots fighting. I'm gonna say on a ship, but the water's like an element. The it's water like out of bounds. Yeah, water's <laughs> out of bounds, and it's like kind of wavy that day. Okay, <laughs> uh, but not like raging sea, right? Not raging, but okay. it's not it's not smooth sailing. Sure. I'm a big fan of pirates. <laughs> All right. I, uh, you think the Buccaneer <laughs> Buccaneer beats Master Chief? I think you know just just old school mental toughness, resilience, just the uh, uh, farmer strength, or in this case, sailor strength, if you will. Sure, beats, beats uh, future tech. Now this ship is it the Buccaneers' ship? Well, yeah, they got home field advantage. Oh, they know okay. it. They know it. They know it on like the back of their hand. Sure. They know. Sure. The, well, they that, know, that they know the poop deck from the crow's nest. Oh, well, if you, you know, you know what you say. <laughs> what everybody says: Don't get on a ship unless you know the poop deck to the crow's nest. You know, yeah. don't get on it. That's what they say. Everybody says that. Look it up. <laughs> Heard it. <laughs> so, 
I would guess the Buccaneer then. I think the Buccaneer would take it. Yeah. Master Chief, I mean, especially without guns, I just I don't see it. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, straight from the Suds, buds. The Pirates beat the Halos in the <laughs> Super Bowl. But in real life, the Chief, like the Kansas City, is gonna whoop. I think Buccaneers. <laughs> well, the uh, I just I don't I I don't know. Tom Brady's just like I feel like I identify Tom Brady with like the people who bullied me in middle school. Yeah, yeah, very jocular. Jocular and just like I don't know. I don't like him. He's a goat. He's really good at what he does, but yep. for some reason, I want to root against him. Yeah, well, I think that's what's gonna. Yeah, oh, but I am a big fan of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that kid is that kid is amazing. He like it's hard to knock him. Yeah, yeah. if I he mean, wins, it'll be like the the perfect passing of the torch. Like I think what first time ever that a team has played with home field advantage in a Super Bowl. They yeah. don't have home field advantage, do they? Yeah, they play like it's like well, the first time. I not the first time. Maybe it's the first time, think, but yeah. they like pick the spot for the Super Bowl like years in advance. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like a team's never like made it to the Super Bowl when they host it in their own stadium. Oh, we but, were really close the year we being the Vikings were really close that year. The mini, uh, the Minneapolis yeah. miracle. We were like one game away. We lost to the I believe the Eagles God, that next yep. week. I honestly yeah. believe the city would have imploded if the Vikings were in the Super Bowl. Yeah. While we were hosting the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was like that stadium was like basically brand new at the time too. I mean, it still mm-hmm. pretty much is. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I think it's like big. I don't know. I don't want to call it an eyesore, but it is a big visual point of looking at the skyline. It just looks <laughs> yeah. like a Gundam's going to, like the roof's going to open and a giant Gundam's <laughs> going to fly out. Of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, this is a weird futuristic robot factory. Yep. It really does. I call it the house that Kirk Cousins acquired. <laughs> <laughs> like they call like they call Yankee Stadium <laughs> Yankee Stadium the house that Derek Jeter built. Yep. The new one. But it's a house Kirk Cousins acquired. <laughs> that. That's very that, fitting. That gives about as much credit as where credit is due. No, I don't know. Not to get into too deeps about the Vikings, turn this about the Vikings, but Yeah. Kirk Kirk. Kirk's okay in my book. (laughs) We've had worse. Yeah, Yeah, we've had worse. (laughs) We did have to take that Kirk Cousins jersey down um, at Bald Man. We have one, and we had we like hit it in the back. Really? After a game one year. Oh man. Yep. Which was kind of funny. That is kind of funny. I think this is the most we've ever talked football on this podcast. I mean, I feel like being a bartender, at least, I don't know if you guys were into football before Bald Man, but I was not. Not even close. If you're working there on a Sunday or Monday night and you're pouring a beer, like staring at the football screen is something to do to pass the time. 100%. So I feel like I've gotten to like sports a little bit more actually working at Bald Man. Uh, We're lucky enough to have TVs at. Like behind us at a brewery, honestly. Literally, <laughs> wherever you look, there is a TV. Yeah, it's like it's pretty funny. I've never seen a brewery with as many TVs as Baldwin has. How many do we have? Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight counting the outside, I think. Yeah, which is cool if you're into watching sports or whatever. It's gotten me back into basketball big time yeah. in the last two years. I've been following the World Poker Tour now. Um, <laughs> all the reruns. <laughs> Um, so I'm very interested to see what happened in <laughs> two years ago in the World Poker Tour. Yeah, seeing if Chicken Wing Guy beats uh, NASCAR Driver Guy. The Chicken Wing Guy is kind of cool. I hate the Chicken. Wing I mean, he guy. sucks, but it's yeah. it's a very weird thing to do. Like just have like a a saucy chicken wing on a fork all the time. Like, well, his things just he eats while he plays. And like his fans bring chicken wings too. It's like the part that really weirds me out. That's like their foam finger. I think it weirds me out that they have fans yeah yeah 
Yeah, let's definitely not talk about World Series <laughs> of Poker anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, talking about kind of football around the country, you're actually kind of a Denver Broncos guy because yeah. you've uh, you've spent some time in some different states. You kind of told us about your, your start as far as your journey into the beer industry, but where did your... Where did you grow up? Where yeah. did your life start? Yeah, so I was born in Denver, Colorado. Hell yeah. Rocky Mountains, baby. <laughs> um, but born in Denver. Um, lived there until I was about 14 or 15. Really enjoyed my time in Denver. Grew up there. It was a pretty cool place to live. Um, I was actually at Aurora, just south of Denver. Um, a little suburb out there. Um, but Colorado's changed so much since I grew up there. Uh, all the places that were like big, empty prairie fields outside of the mountains are now like strip malls which is really crazy the urban sprawl there is very real mm-hmm. um but colorado is cool i enjoyed living there and then i moved to eveleth minnesota when i was 14 15 uh if you guys don't know where eveleth is that's up on the iron range in minnesota pretty far north almost all the way to canada about three four hours north of where we are right now oh damn um their claim to fame um they have a very very rich history in hockey um i was lucky enough to play hockey for them we were never as good as the rich history <laughs> um, entailed, but um, they have some really cool things. That's the funniest thing about Eveleth. I love to show everyone on Main Street. Eveleth, it's about like five, six blocks long or whatever. There's like eight bars, one bank, one gas station, um, and the world's largest hockey stick. <laughs> it's like on the side of the road. <laughs> um, it's pretty amazing. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like the world's biggest hockey stick that's like, I don't, I don't know, it's probably like, three stories tall, Holy like kind of at an angle, maybe two and a half stories tall. And I'd be willing to bet if there's like an NHL game going on, it's playing at all those bars. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, those are the type of bars you get hams like on tap for $2 or something like that. Mm. Oh man, I love places And then you like, like run into someone from high school that you don't want to have a conversation with. <laughs> That's the downside of them. Yeah. <laughs> but Eveleth was a cool place. Like, I feel like the same with like, working in a few different areas in the brew, the brewery industry. I feel like living in a few different states or a few different, like, completely different places, like Denver to Eveleth, you get some perspective on things. <laughs> you, For sure. you see how things are, like, different from one another. It makes yeah. you think about how you want things to be or what you want things to be. But anyways, moved to Eveleth. Really enjoyed my time there. Um, yeah. Totally. That's and, cool, man. Yeah. Denver was really a cool spot. Um I went to college in Duluth. After I went to college in Duluth, I actually moved to Idaho. 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 Okay. Went to Idaho for two years. I got a grad degree there. I lived in a yurt. Did you really? Yep. Lived in a yurt for about 18 months um, in Idaho. It was a really, really fun time. (laughs) I shared this yurt with a a friend named Augie. Um, Augie was also from McCullough, Idaho. He was a local there. He grew up there. Um, He was also going to the same grad program as me, and he knew everything like about idaho like the back of his hand so it was awesome to like have a really cool local to show me things like backcountry skiing like everything but idaho is like a gem of a state it's like as beautiful as colorado all the rocky mountains but no one's there and everything's super unexpensive i feel like uh it almost feels as though they've attempted to keep it that way oh yeah i don't remember the last time i've ever heard somebody talk about iowa or idaho not a lot of explore idaho uh campaigns out there nope like you guys That's, let the want potato it. thing slip and they're like, all right guys, that is enough yeah. PR. That, We're not <laughs> doing it anymore. No, everyone, like when I said Idaho, they're like, Oh, potatoes. Or they're like, Oh, Napoleon Dynamite was filmed there. 
like southern idaho is like how you'd imagine it just like flat whatever but like northern idaho like the kind of the panhandle up there mm. that's like right at the heart of the rocky mountains and there's like some of the most beautiful country there huh. i feel like montana and utah are states that fall into like a very similar grouping yeah yeah i mean I'd say so montana's a gem Utah's yeah. gets a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. But as far as like landscape goes, like if you just like removed human beings whatsoever from those three states, like yeah, some of the beautiful, most beautiful, like just natural landscape. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, you Southern Utah is beautiful. Like Archer's National Park, actually, I visited. They're that big famous arch you probably have seen, the Red Rock Arch. Um, but yeah, Southern Idaho or Southern Utah is like mars almost like that area is like mars. The salt flats yeah the salt flats are there too um just beautiful land um i'm a nature guy i got a degree in natural resources and environmental education so i like to be outside and i feel like idaho is like the best spot for me to harness that grad degree and just like to explore fly fishing and backpacking and all that stuff i like to do curious about the yurt yeah was that like a requirement was that just like no. You were on Craigslist, and somebody's like, I got a, a spot in a yurt. No. So basically, my grad program, I got like a huge discount on this grad, grad program um, if I volunteered to teach at this outdoor science school called Moss. McCall okay. Outdoor Science School. McCall was the town I lived in. Um, basically, I'd go to grad school for a week, and then the, every other week, I would teach these kids that were coming to this school camp for a week um, in this natural park. So it was like literally in a state park in idaho and like kids would come for a week for like their sixth grade field trip or seventh grade field trip and stay in these little cabins and i'd take them out hiking from eight to five and teach them science through just like putting on snowshoes and you know going out on a hike and talking about science so like bring a backpack full of stuff some environmental like teaching tools and just like do some journaling do some like science stuff stuff like that and just teach them like the scientific process how to hike around and just how to like be a good person. I think <laughs> it was All my right. favorite thing to do. <laughs> that that sounds like it's uh, pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, so not only did I take, teach like just like um, middle schoolers that were on a field trip, but I teach like kids that were from like low income families, kids that were like at like secondary schools that weren't working and they were like pretty much in juvie and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it was it was really cool. I got to work with like a lot a lot of different kids. Um, there's a tribe out there called the Nez Pierce tribe in idaho it's like a big part of northern idaho it's actually the part of the tribe that sacajou was part of um yeah. but some really cool communities of kids that you know know the land you know and been top you know native americans are our best naturalists native americans are naturalists so like it's really cool to learn from those guys just as much as i t- would teach them um about just how to go through nature and respect it and learn about it <laughs> damn so that's probably why I like disc golf so much. <laughs> I get to be outside. Reminds you of your time living in a state park. Well, just being outside and being observant. <laughs> sure. You know. Um, but yeah, Idaho is amazing. Idaho is beyond just that grad program. I was living in that yurt. I was 15 minutes from the base of an amazing ski resort. So I would ride powder three or four times a week. In the summers, I would go hike and sleep at a trout lake and wake up and fly fish in the morning. Um, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I'm really happy I did it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Um, well, alrighty then. <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. So Idaho, two thumbs up. Yeah. Great spot. If you get there, it's hot springs everywhere. At least right now, it's pretty inexpensive to be there. And Boise's Boise's blowing up, but like northern Idaho is really cool. Hmm. 
again, this is the longest I've I've talked about <laughs> yeah. or heard about Idaho, and yeah. uh, maybe ever. Yeah. 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 Damn. Kind of forgot uh, we were even on a beer podcast. I'm <laughs> sitting here getting edumacated, and uh, Idaho State Police are about to roll in. And like, yeah, yeah, we don't talk about that. First yeah. rule of Idaho. <laughs> You don't talk about Idaho. <laughs> I yeah. saw so many bumper stickers in Idaho that said "Keep California out of Idaho." Just <laughs> oh, so many like people used to buy like these like cabins like I don't know where like north like west or eastern California or whatever. And now like those are all taken up, so people are like expanding to Idaho. So like a lot of Californians have like second homes in Idaho, and people in Idaho are mad. <laughs> it's kind of like the whole "Keep Californians out of Texas" movement that's oh, going yeah. on right now. Same stuff. I think everyone universally hates California. Yeah. That isn't from there. Yeah, pretty much. Maybe not, though. No. I spent some time in California. It was it was fine. It's a great place to visit. It is a great place. Yeah, a great place to visit. There's a lot of parts of California that people... I feel like people identify California with, like... SoCal. SoCal. Bench, like, beaches and blonde hair. But it's, like... It's massive, dude. Eastern, Eastern California is, like super hick and weird <laughs> yeah. there's like some weird weird stuff out there and northern california is you know in the winter time in these months it's not a whole lot different than northern minnesota minus the mountains you know yeah. it's very similar just like uh just grizzled people that you know maybe a little bit bitter be- but they <laughs> deal with this you know year yeah. in and year out and they've got their little beautiful place and it's it's just part of their life and i think it's it's cool so it's uh, it's easy to shit on a place but also you got to remember that like this place is our entire takes up our entire like western coastline basically yep. you know it's it's massive yeah yeah so yeah. idaho is cool um and then i came back to minnesota and then we moved to maine maine was an amazing beautiful state um it was really cool to live in us close to the ocean um i got into surfing while i was out in maine and really enjoyed it i surfed through the winter so a year ago right now i was probably in the ocean right now hanging out on a surfboard um right. maine portland is if you guys ever been to duluth minnesota very similar similar size like i describe you know kind of duluth is the tourist spot for the twin cities people go up there on a weekend trip for two hours it's two hours north whatever mm-hmm. people from boston would always go up to portland for a two hour like it's two hours north of portland go okay. up there for like a tourist trip and see the city it's like similar size it's a port city there's a lot of red brick and hills around um cool beer cool things to do outside um but maine is really cool uh maine's very people describe maine as the minnesota of the east coast it's like the northern the northernmost state there's like a lot of empty not empty space but a lot of like wide open space up north and kind of gets rolled up north and kind of the same similar climate um maine was beautiful though the ocean was awesome i went to acadia state park out there if you guys ever get up to northern maine that's like my favorite favorite national park i live into Acadia State Park. Acadia. Cool. Acadia. Yeah. Acadia. Right on the coast. Some really, really cool cool landscapes. It reminds me of the North Shore of Minnesota a lot, too. But it's an ocean instead of a giant lake. <laughs> Same thing. Same shit. Yeah. Same, Same shit. shit, different lake. Freshwater oh, yeah. versus saltwater. Same shit. <laughs> Andy said... one, Nate two. Ah, shit. <laughs> all right, all right. Fair enough. Oh, it's on next next segment here. It's I'm gonna be fact checking in the bathroom. Well, it's gonna be hard to top any of that, man. You were spitting knowledge and experience at us there for for the last bit of time, but uh, yeah, thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, um, that was that's that great. I don't know how interesting that is, but I just that's my perspective on the places I've lived and 
I think I'm very into all the places I've lived. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. it. Sounds like it for sure. Yeah, I have a much different perspective on the state of Idaho now. Yeah. Yep. It sounds yeah. like the place is all very like fitting of you too. Like it was like an outdoorsy person. Yeah. Know? Yeah. They both all have places to roam. <laughs> yeah. That's They're cool. diverse. Yeah. Well. Um, I guess, unfortunately, we got to get back to beer. I mean, we're not going to be able to make this sound nearly as interesting, but uh, we're drinking Starry-Eyed Amber. I don't mean to shit on them, because this is, this <laughs> is a really nice beverage. It's a nice amber. Yeah. Um, I'll let you guys go first. I don't want you guys to oh, steal I'm my sorry. I'm sorry. Is this your podcast? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, I'll lead things off. I would probably say that this is gonna fall between the two beers that we've had so far like the pre-show beer and the 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 jack pine um malty easy drinking um not nearly as light as that cream ale but Mm -hmm. just like a nice yeah nice really smooth amber be like a, a sam adams or like a grain belt northeast type i feel like this is in that similar vein of beer like a darker but light-bodied beer um i'd probably give it like a 3.8 we'll buy again we'll drink again i think it's solid everything i've had from starry eyed has been really tasty um really unique rad packaging like reminds me a lot of mickey's little grenade bottles (laughs) coors banquet i think andy mentioned one time before i think that's like what really sells me on them i love bombers yeah the the bombers are just fun fun to drink they're just fun they're just a unique experience compared to what you usually drink out of yeah so i honestly that was one of the first experiences i had with um uh hammer heart yeah because they were at that uh beer or brewery christmas party like the fulton christmas party and uh, Hammerheart had dropped some stuff off. They had an Imperial Red Ale just, like, floating around in these coolers and with literally every, like, pretty much every brewery in Minnesota represented in these coolers. And I was like, what's this little guy? Look at this little bomber floating around. Hell yeah. So snag that. Yeah. Hot damn. Hot damn. Hot damn. I've been (laughs) trying to find that beer. I don't know if it's the seasonal or what the deal is, but I every time I see Hammerheart, I try to find it. Nice, dude. Yeah, they make some good stuff. They're like the king of smoked beers here in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, for me, I'd probably put this around a 3.5. Um, I enjoyed it. Nothing jumped out at me, uh, but I would for sure buy it again. Hell yeah. Yeah. How about you, Andy? Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm biased because I brought this one. But 4.1. It's like a good amber. The bombers are fun. It's easy drinkable, but it has a little more like body to it than something like a Pilsner or anything like that. Um, yeah, I kind of want to go up to Starry-Eyed and visit their spot. Um, I was actually looking up online, just kind of looking at them before I came on this podcast, and they also make a wit beer. Mm. So that would be really fun to fun to try. Um, I've only found one other Minnesota company that makes a wit beer, and that's Boom Island. Yep. Nice. I have currently eight of those in my fridge. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good <laughs> wit beer. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry, at Little Falls, it's kind of up near my neck of the woods, near St. Cloud. If you're ever heading up there, let me know. There's uh, some some good disc golfing up in that country. I would love to go disc golfing. Let's do it, man. Let's make a little summer trip. Yeah, boys fun. trip, boys, boys trip. trip. But yeah, um, sorry, I'm huge fan. Excited to see what their brewery looks like. Yeah, man, and like can't stress it enough. I know we've kind of all mentioned it, but like ten out of five on packaging for these guys, <laughs> yeah. like. 
and all their again they're kind of another one of those but like their styles are uh kind of universal across their bottles like you really got to read the label to see what it is but they all kind of have this like yin and yang like black on one side white on the other side like i don't know just it stands out on a shelf where it's like everybody's making 16 ounce cans these days yep so but yeah um solid reviews all around on star yet we're gonna take a quick little break and we will be back with our final segment on this episode of suds buds welcome to suds buds (laughs) this is uh randall cunningham anyways they decided to let me intro this and Kind of botched it. <laughs> no, man, you, did, you, did, <laughs> you did a good job, pal. I don't, I don't know. You can have my job. Exactly. Cool. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll start redesigning the logo right when away. When can I start? <laughs> but I'm still co- Tuesday. I'm still co-host. You have to be the host. <laughs> yeah, there right. you go. You got to keep this thing I'll, on the rails. I will be <laughs> straight to Batman, huh? Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no Robin required. Well, anyways, um, back here uh, in Eric's living room. Drinking some beers, talking about, I don't know, life. Life, man. It's been <laughs> What's great. What's going on? Um, but yeah, we're uh, going to crack open our third beer. Yeah. Um, this is a beer from my cellar. Um, it's a cool ship beer from Allagash, the company we've been talking about, I've worked at recently. Um, and yeah, they're very, very nice with their employees, give them a lot of product. Um, so this is one I've had in my cellar. Um, it's a cool sheep piche. Um, I'll explain what a pool, cool ship is after we pour it. Um, it's really satisfying though. This they uh, individually cork these beers. Uh, they put a little kind of wire on it that you have to untwist, and they put a cork in it, so you get to pop it. So I'll do it right next to the microphone. Cool, cool, cool. Let's see what that's like for Sam. <laughs> Excuse me, salsa Dave. <laughs> hey, that's might be by one of Sam's twenties. It's over there. <laughs> I probably caught that. I kind of botched that on my end. Um, but yeah. Uh, so Allagash, like I mentioned, they're famous for their Allagash White, right? That's that beer that they sell probably 80% of. Mm-hmm. So basically that beer, like, you know, that's a huge amount of the, like, income they have coming in. So basically they make Allagash White to fuel all their other passion projects. So this is a Cool Ship beer. Um, so this is a Lambic, technically, a beer that was fermented in a Cool Ship. Um, so if you guys don't know what a Cool Ship is, basically a Cool Ship is a way to um, ferment beer. Um, so basically it is like a big brownie tray kind of like thing metal it's about 12 by 12 feet you know in d- dimension um so they pump wort in there hot wort in there um i'll just pass this around so you guys can pour um they pump hot wort in there and they just let it um you know cool down in there so they pump it in like so it has a very it's not very deep in that big brownie tray but it has a lot of surface area right so basically they instead of pitching yeast into a wort like normal beers made i guess um, they just let it sit in there for about 12 hours, and there's wild yeast and bacteria that are floating around in the air. That wild yeast and bacteria um, generally gets itself into the beer. You know, the beer's steaming. It's pulling that yeast back down into um, the wort, and that wort starts fermenting. So then they took this beer. I think they put this beer after it was done sitting in that cool ship for 12 hours into, I think you'd read on the back there. Um, what type of barrels did they put it into? Um, it's like oak. Cool. So oak are they whiskey or just oak barrels? Um, 
Looks like French oak wine barrels for roughly two years to finish, and then they add uh, fresh main-grown peaches. Yeah, so they put it in these barrels after the cool ship for two years, basically wood barrels, put it back in a room, sits there for two years, ferments, uh, soaks a lot of, if there's wine barrels, so those wine barrels are still have wine soaked into the, the, the barrels, so that wine eventually leaches back into the the product they have the wort that's turning into beer mm-hmm. um so that kind of adds flavor to the beer or the wort um so once that it is in the barrels for two years they take it out they put it into either plastic or steel canisters and put it on peaches peaches that they're starting to grow right on that right on allagash um which is really cool <laughs> i really dig the whole orchard bit yeah that's cool that's that's their scene though um yeah. but yeah it's a really really good sour lambic style beer um, aged on peaches, you can kind of taste the wine in there a little bit. Um, it's kind of got a little funkiness. So this was bottled about over two years ago. So this beer started about five years ago, <laughs> yeah, which is insane. crazy. Ooh. Sitting for two years. Sitting for two years. So like over two years in the making. Yeah, which is yeah. awesome. And like, it's really fun to. They make like they have definitely all these passion projects, all these sours, this cool ship. That's not a way they're making money. It's just like a cool thing for the brewers to do while they're making allagash to wait during the day. You know. <laughs> And to like for people that visit the brewery to experience, yeah. Um, but they, it's really fun to like. They make one of these every year. It's really fun to like compare different year styles if you have a bunch of bottles and an extensive collection. Um, it's also fun to like open, get two bottles or three bottles from the same year and open one one right right away, and then open one three years ago to see how it kind of like ages in the bottle. Yeah. Um. Even that cork just like. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it's a ton I, of flavor. I, I could like, smell when you were pouring the beer like yeah. that far away. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but um, well, cheers, I feel like that. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for yeah. thanks for blessing yeah. us with this. Yeah, I felt it. like it was a perfect time to open one of these bottles. Yeah. Um, I'll let you guys take a few sips and decide what Ooh. you like about it and what you don't like about it. Um, now yeah. that's an interesting sour. I, I, I mean, I'm not super into drinking a bunch of sours, but like I feel like sharing. A 12 ounce bottle, four ounces at a time is like perfect amount because it's you're not taking gulps, you're just taking little sips. Yep, no, it's perfect. I like lambics a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that just like ultra tart, but then like dry finish, like just doesn't hang around a long time. I don't know, it's just like it's a it's a it's a sipping beer, you yeah. know, it's it's got like all those fruit flavors without tasting like it's been pumped with a bunch of you know, puree, yeah, puree, yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I was talking to Landis today, a brewer at Bald Man, and he was talking about kettle sours, and he talks about how he was just telling me about like the fermented fer- fermentation time on like kettle sours. It's like literally like six to eight hours at like 120 degrees. <laughs> so kettle sours are made in eight hours. These types of beers are made in like four hours. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> trying to mimic a three year old process, a lot of steps, putting in wine barrels, all that mm-hmm. to like six hours, and like just comparing a kettle sour to something like this is like. It's insulting almost, <laughs> and I know that's really snobby to say. And I know I have had this experience at an amazing brewery, but it's fun to enjoy these. <laughs> well, like when it's done properly and it's done well, like you got to yeah. give credit where credit's due here. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, this is hot damn. Yeah, very good. It's like mm. so. Those peaches really are the forefront, but just the funkiness is just like I describe this one as like. A peach pie or a peach cobbler almost it's like got the breadiness really on the back end kind of yep. makes your tongue dry <laughs> yep like and the only way to quench it is to go back for more on that yeah 
do they do they don't do it over peaches every year do they they i mean they have a few different styles of peach ales like some they they experiment so much on that passion project they like not only do they age stuff in um like oak or oak wine barrels they age stuff in gin barrels they age stuff in whiskey barrels they have a huge beer that they actually release called curio that they age in jim bean barrels it's a triple that's aged in jim bean barrels for about six to eight weeks um it really sucks all that they call it the devil's cut like the whiskey that's sitting in a barrel that soaks into the wood it's like a fair amount of whiskey in the wood after it sits in there for whatever long because angel's cut is what uh evaporates off yeah devil's cuts what devil's cuts what sits in the barrel yeah but they they have Jason, I forgot his last name, excuse me, but uh, the brewmaster there is just so brilliant um, at trying all these new ideas. They also have, like, cool experiments with, like, open fermenters. They have cool terracotta, like, which is clay pots, like how they fermented shit back in whenever. Clay was a huge thing, you know? (laughs) Whenever clay fermenting was the popular move. Yeah, but um, it's just really cool to see the stuff they experiment with and... I'm really curious use... to see how. So, sorry to interrupt. No, no. I'm just like baffled. Like when fermenting in terracotta, like is, is, there's got to be some sort of lining on the inside, right? I'm I mean, not entirely sure. I I know that like fermenting in terracotta kind of gives you like some minerality to the product. Okay. In a like a obviously a way that tastes good. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> no, we hate this, but yeah. we're gonna keep doing it because it's cool. Yeah, but uh, that's all I could describe. My you think it would be like so porous that it would like always be sweating, or it would get so heavy that I would just bottom out, you know? Yeah. Mm. I guess I'd be interested to see what like their their terracotta pots look like. Yeah. Like, I mean, how big are these things? They they were like hip high, like okay, big, like yeah. they was like very small batches, but they like have big um, oak fooders and stuff like that. They just experiment with a bunch of different stuff, sure. you know. And that's bad. One of my favorite beers they made was um, it's called Ghoul Ship. So they use the cool ship on Halloween every year to make this beer, and they pump. They, they use a bunch of pumpkins, um, and molasses in the wort, and it just like produces this really cool kind of fun. I think it's a brown ale, but it's like a really funky pumpkin beer. <laughs> a, cool, <laughs> that's, a brown that's, ale in a cool ship. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Don't quote me on that, but I know that pumpkins and molasses were like a huge part of the wort. Mm. Um, and I've had sour brown ales before. Yeah, that's yeah. another one called I think it's Jim and Julie that they yeah. made a sour brown ale. It's one of my favorite styles I've ever had. Yeah, like, believe it or not, Lake Monster used to have a sour brown ale, and like that. Goddamn, wish I could still <laughs> find that beer there because it was phenomenal. Yeah, so it's weird that they like drop that out of their lineup. Yeah, well, it was never like canned or anything, but it used to be on tap there. But yeah, it's been probably like four years since I had that. Mm. But man, it sounds like Allagash is is on top of it. Like, yeah, I they make good beer, and I like I'll stand by them on that front, hundred <laughs> percent. Like I feel like they raised my snobbiness of beer a little bit because <laughs> you know once it's like called the golden handcuffs. Once you taste something like really great, and you it's hard to go back to something else that you don't you know is lesser than that. Yes, um, they make good beer, and they got they got a cool model, and I'll I'll stand by Allagash. <laughs> yeah. They treated me well in the seasonal route. I was there. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. You enjoying it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this, I mean, this is about as much of it as I'd want. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's, like, the thing I like about these Lambics is, like, it's not, like, 
it's a responsible way of drinking, you know? It's like you're drinking three, four ounces. Like you go to a bottle share, you're bringing these nice bottles, and you're drinking like 12 ounces total, but you're enjoying it, you know? Yep. You're being conscious of it, and you're not like chugging a cream ale like we did earlier <laughs> or whatever. But <laughs> Well, we've uh, still got a, uh, a four a, loco to uh, – <laughs> Yeah, that's the ender. Yeah. Going <laughs> to chug some four locos at the end of here, really level ourselves back out. Yeah. You know, keep ourselves humble. You know what? You know what we should do? We haven't whipped out the uh, flagship questions in a while. Ooh, flagship questions. We know Andy pretty well, but I think it would be a good way for people to get you, get to know you a little better. All right. Um, yeah, so, uh, man, I'm a little rusty here. I'm trying to do this off script. I'm trying to think what the flagship questions are. Um, what would be your favorite guilty pleasure beer? Ooh, guilty pleasure? Uh, I don't know. I don't feel that guilty about drinking any beer. <laughs> How about just like a beer where it's like maybe some industry people and like screw those people, but like <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be what you would expect like a, a brewer to be walking out of a liquor store with. Mm-hmm. Like you have like a cheap barbecue beer. Oh, I drink Modelo like more than anything. I yeah. drink a lot of Modelo. Like I feel like skateboarding in the summer it's just like the best beer to drink. I like I feel like in the summer you'll find like you look in my backpack, you'll find a water bottle. A six pack of Modelo and one of those squeezy limes. So just like those like squeezy like plastic limes. Oh, lime juice. <laughs> yeah, lime juice. Yeah. And that's like a perfect skate beer. Kinda hydrates you. But not really. Won't, won't weigh you down. <laughs> yeah, you know? won't weigh you down. Would you that know? be like your desert island beer? Um, let's like have a bunch of it or like where it was like you were like you know you had food, you had all your basic amenities, but you were like cut off completely and you could choose like one beer to have forever. Would you just take like Ooh. Modelo? Like that would be your Tried and true. Yeah, probably in a warm climate like that, Modelo. Yeah. I didn't say it was a warm island. <laughs> there are cold islands. I've seen Castaway. It looked pretty warm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I was setting up a Castaway. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that we were tied to... Quit being mean to our guests. <laughs> will not. Judgmental. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's see. Uh, flagship questions. Flagship questions. Man, been a while. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out, man. I'm 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 shooting from the hip here. Stands. Um, so we've had any. Do you have like a first beer memory? Favorite beer memory? Ooh, favorite beer me- or first or favorite? Mm, I guess we could do. It. Which story is more interesting? Neither. Uh, okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, tell us whatever one is not incriminating, because a lot of people's like first beer memories are like, Ch- know, we've heard some scary yeah. ones. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I drank like first beer memories was like stealing a friend's dad's PBRs and like drinking them in the woods or whatever. Yeah, probably That's... PBR or like Michelob Ultra or whatever, which yeah. is like a great time. You like splitting like three beers between four friends and giggling. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess I don't know favorite beer memory. That's a tough one. I feel like my 21st birthday, I drank a boot of, I I went to college in Duluth, and there's a company up there that makes beer called Fickers. Uh, It's pretty famous for Duluth. They kind of supply a lot of restaurants around there with their beer. So one's called Brito Union, and they serve boots. So I had a Boots of Apricot Wheat, which is like, I don't know how many ounces a boot is. It's like 50 ounces. But pair that yeah. pair that with like some Irish car bombs. I was not feeling good by the end oh, of the night. Damn. <laughs> yeah, Fickers is a so cool I don't know. Joke. That's not my favorite memory. That's just a bad memory. Yeah, exactly. That. that sounds like a rough time. But it's it a is a memory. memory. Yeah. <laughs> it is a memory. 
So any, any like favorite uh, Twin Cities beer events around here, like festivals? I don't know if you went to any like beer festivals in Maine or out in Colorado, but yeah, I mean the Dabbler is always a great time. Um, I feel like I've probably worked more Dabblers than I've gone to, which is always a funny experience seeing like how excited people are <laughs> right away and then how drunk people are three hours later. <laughs> And it's, like how like soggy their pretzel necklaces. It's just it's you're right. It's hilarious because like you're also like watching them do it like roughly an ounce or two at a time. Yeah. Like they're just. I mean, it's a power hour. That's yeah. what they're doing, but they're doing it for like three hours at a time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like that shit'll get you. I mean, it's a it's a funny experience being like mostly sober at those events. Yeah. See how like trash people get. <laughs> and not to like shit on people. That's right. what people do. Exactly. You get, get your bang for your buck. I get it, and there's, I mean, shit, when we did the, um, the winter beer review that the guild puts on, oh my, I, I Ubered it to that event because I knew that it was going to be a problem for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody's got their Imperial Stouts, their brand new sour that's dropping, yeah. and then maybe a light beer, but like, I think the lightest, I think the lowest ABV beer I had that day was like a 6.3. Wow. And I had a lot of beer that day. <laughs> yeah, man, those are crazy events. It's crazy to look back and think about those. Like I like work last beer dabbler I worked was probably like about a year ago now and a little over that. But uh yeah, with COVID and everything, it seems like it's such like a distant past. But uh, Yeah, it's weird. Shout out to the beer dabbler cuz I think they do offer like a cool thing for the scene and they've been supportive yeah. of our show and uh gotten a couple of their uh Crowler sets been supportive of them and reviewed dabblers their stuff. in the box. I will say too, as far as like their events go, like we kind of talk about just like you know some drunken stories and whatnot on this show. But uh, I think they got it pretty set up there, where it's like yeah, you uh you know their shuttle system is pretty on point. It's it's one of those things where it's like if you're gonna go to a beer dabbler and then like even think about driving home you're a fool you know? <laughs> yeah. unless you're working unless you're like driving a, a company van or something because it's like man forget about it as a patron yeah. like plan on kissing that day goodbye like, yeah yeah going yeah. into the void yeah i mean it's yeah. it's dumb to think that there's gonna be a beer dabbler and people aren't gonna be a, drinking a lot <laughs> exactly like, yeah. i don't know why you, i don't know why you'd go yeah like but everybody's there and they've got a whole bunch of beers they want you to try yeah. yeah, they're fun, man. Shout out to the beer dabbler. I, the winter one's just as fun. I feel like people have really been embracing drinking outside, especially this year with like Minnesota going to the law where you can only serve outdoor service in January and or December. And I think people really embrace that and put on a snowwheel suit and some boots and drink a beer by a propane heater. Yeah, you yeah. know, there's a lot of a lot of dedication I saw this winter. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Definitely. Dedication and mm-hmm. and people wanting to support the places they want to stick around through yeah. all this. Dedication and creativity—it's kept a lot of these places uh, afloat. Totally, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, final final flagship question: um, When you're not working with beer, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, yeah, we touched on this, but I I honestly play disc golf almost every day. <laughs> it's like honestly such a. It's like I think there's this company that slogan this but it's hiking with a purpose yeah. keeps me outside i'm walking around and i'm trying to find that frisbee i just threw <laughs> um meditative in a weird way yeah get my dog some exercise while i'm doing it 
I uh, I actually saw a picture of your dog when you when you took her uh, frisbee golfing. Yeah. Did not look enthused. Is it this one on the back of my phone? That would be the one. Yeah. That would be the photo. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've been doing a lot of disc golfing. Me and Eric have gone a few times and yeah, been man, introducing that to you. You've definitely made me fall in love <laughs> with winter disc golfing. I mean, you've made me like appreciate disc golfing as as a, a hobby and like a part of my life again. Because like, yeah, I used to play super casually. You know, like yeah. it was like that thing we did a few times a summer and I'd lose all my discs or like, you know, just like get drunk while you're doing it or yeah, like, get drunk while you're doing it and like happy Gilmore throws and just like whatever, whatever. And like, I'd never really taken it super seriously. And then, uh, yeah, getting back into it was, uh, you were definitely a big part of that. And yeah. Yeah. So, I feel like it's a good game to take serious, but also like at the end of the day, you can just like forget about it and not be mad if you do bad or whatever. Cause yeah. you're throwing Lo- frisbees at a little metal basket or whatever. <laughs> I always feel better. Like, <laughs> getting done disc golfing than when I showed up to go yeah. disc golfing. And it's like the same with like regular golfing. Well, I wouldn't say that about regular that. golfing. Same with like, yeah. uh, you know, jujitsu or like skating for you probably. Yeah, like yeah. As long as you walk out, like not injured or like, yeah. you know, able to get back up and go do it again tomorrow. It's yeah. like, it's a fucking blast. It is a blast, you know, and it's like a casual game that you can drink a beer if you want to, or you can take it as serious or as, not serious as you want to. <laughs> very, very low impact, like you said. Low like impact, hiking cheap. with a purpose. Yeah. So I don't know. That's been a really good thing this winter. Um, I've been playing a lot of pickup hockey lately too. Nice. Um, and also been snowboarding a little bit. And then I guess what else I do? I play a lot of video games lately. I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends. Um, I know me and Nate have bonded yep. over that game, but it's a great, great little battle royale. I play mm. with a couple of my friends. Um, mostly just bullshitting though. Yeah. Um, other than that, hanging out with Andrea, my partner, you know, living life <laughs> as, as we do in COVID times. <laughs> um, yeah. As, as far away from people as I can be whenever I can do it. Yeah. yeah. But it, if I'm out like outside doing something, I can justify that as being an okay like, activity to do right now. Yeah. I get that. You know, and not like sitting next to someone, but being outside with someone, that's fine to do right now. Yeah. Well, and shit, we, I think like all next week, it's supposed to be like mid thirties. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, like low to mid thirties. All right, we'll take that. Yeah, you want to toss? Maybe we also. Me and Eric went night discing before. Yeah, oh, man, uh, which I don't so know. cool. Yeah, I don't think many people know about it, but like you just tape this little like LED light to the bottom of your frisbee, and it's like easier to find because it's like a blinking light in the dark. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, and if you have like a translucent disc, like if you have like you know green but like a little see-through or pink but a little see-through or gold's really cool <laughs> makes you feel like it looks like something on a tron like it looks like you're just like gonna hit a tree and it's gonna like split in half or something like yeah that. it looks bad but it never does yeah like i, I think know. filming around a night disc golf would be something it'd be cool to do cool. some like slow shutter stuff yeah you know or even just like... get like a super just like bright narrow like uh led like on camera yeah very pretty cool i don't know that would actually be uh, that's something we could we could goof around with like a disc golf game but make it look a little bit like blair witchish there we go i'd be there for that (laughs) just thinking about like a whole bunch of like close camera shots of our face yeah running through the shaky for sure less nauseating well i mean then it's not really blair with witch project (laughs) is it But yeah, well, huge fan of disc golf. If you haven't done it, try it. The sport's grown. Buy a frisbee for 
$10 from your local plate again and just get out there and go on a walk and decide if you like it or not. <laughs> totally. Get your exercise. And if you don't, y'all. leave your Frisbee in the forest. Somebody will find yeah, it. Yeah, someone will find it and enjoy it very much. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> uh, yeah, whoever's sale I found, uh, <laughs> loving it. DGA sale at Acorn Golf Course. He throws it well, though, so don't feel bad. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I've, I've, I've come a long ways, and I've got a, a long ways to go, but I have fun. That's what it's about. It's about yeah. F-U-N. So. Yeah, I think that's what life's about, is enjoying your time out of work. We talk about our job and our work all the time, but life's all about enjoying your time outside of work. Nuh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, I guess the last thing we have to do is rate this beer, which, mm. uh, man, I don't know. Nate, why don't you start out with this one and then sure. we'll, we'll finish up with Andy on this one. Uh, I'm going, I'm going four, six with this one. Um, okay. yeah, hot damn. Uh, <laughs> got, got a lot of, lot of notes out of it. Um, a lot of feelings about it. And unfortunately, I will never be able to drink it again, <laughs> right? Um, so that that's a bummer. But uh, yeah, just all Don't around. Don't say that. I mean, well, think I, literally, unless you got more of these bottles, hide. Probably not this year's, but I could probably get you a different year's. Well, yeah, but eventually. then it's a different beer. That's true. Different years, different beers. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Nate three, Andy one. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> ah. um, but yeah, just solid all around. Awesome flavor. Um, not like a nice, nice solid flavor up front, but it doesn't just kind of wreck your palate, which is nice about it. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it for me. Yeah. I think that's man. Um, I'm in a tough place right now. <laughs> I, I'm, mine's going to be just a little bit higher. Okay. I'm putting mine on a 4.9. Ooh. The only reason it's not getting a five is because I can't buy any other stuff at my local liquor store. <laughs> maybe a lame reason to dock it. Sorry, come at me, Allagash. Sorry, love you guys. Literally, come at me. Don't, <laughs> don't know any things in my stores. Andy, Andy speaks well of your product, and I mean, this is phenomenal. This is this is a fantastic beer. This is everything I like about a sour. Like I, I, I love, I love lambics. I love. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is, this is nail on the head. Great, great finale beer for this episode. Um, yeah, 4.9 with, All right. with, a, with, uh, authority. <laughs> 4.9 asterisks. Um, yeah, I'll give it a 4.9 too. For the same reason. I didn't get more of it when I left Allagash. <laughs> <laughs> like it's they, one of those you don't want to like drink a ton of. Yeah, I feel like they have, like they have like dozens of the styles of like this beers that come in the tiny little tan with a cork and mm-hmm. just all have such unique palettes and yeah, I don't know. They do they do their passion project good as well as their main beers. So four point nine. Shout out to Allagash, thanks for the bottle. Shout out to Blue Moon, it is my favorite. Yep, shout out to Blue Moon. If you need an orange in your beer, it's not that great. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. And Eth- it's four, Nate three. Whoa, Those three wow. points. Wow, you got <laughs> three points out of that. <laughs> yep. Damn. It's like Mario Party, some some buffoonery at the you very found end. You found a hidden point block. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Some nonsense. Yes, I win. 
Well, fair is fair. <laughs> On Andy's uh, victory, with that, that being said, um, yeah, I guess the only thing we have left to do is, uh, Andy, anything you want to plug? Where can people find you? Anything you're working on? Not really. Find me at the disc golf course. Hell yeah. I don't know. All of them. Simultaneously. Find me at Bald Man, probably. But don't, don't, find, don't find him there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> take it easy. Drink responsibly. And uh, have a good one. Bye. song.